0: Hello, and welcome to the Script and Scribes podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Fukunaga, and today we're joined by literary manager and producer George Heller of Apostle. George started his career in representation in 1999 when he and three friends from USC started their own management company, Foresight Entertainment, while still undergrad. After a successful nine-year run, Heller moved on to Prince Otto Young before joining up with Dennis Leary and Jim Serpico at Apostle. George was named to Hollywood Reporter's Next Gen Hollywood's fastest rising stars list in
1: 2012, and he joins us today. Thanks for joining me today, George. Thank you for having me. You've done a very, uh, very diligent uh, research. <laughs> um,
0: now, I, I want to first talk about how you got started in the industry. Um, I, mean, I know the, the legend, the lore of you and Michael Lasker, Jeremy Bell, and I don't remember who the fourth one was getting together. At USC, working out of one of your guys' apartments, um, starting a management company from nothing, reading scripts on, you know, on the bed and and driving around, uh, dressed up in, in shorts and a T-shirt like you were messengers starting from nothing when yeah. you started Foresight. Um, yeah, can you tell me a little bit about how that got started, sure. who, who came up with this idea and, 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 you know, why you chose representation?
1: Of course. Um, USC was a very empowering place at the time. And I'm sure it still is now, but particularly then when, uh, marketplace was particularly flush and studios were making more movies and, and, um, and so forth. Uh, and every year, and I think this is not just the case at USC, but a lot of the film schools, um, every year there was someone who would sell a script or do a short and off the short, get a, get a feature deal all around the time while I was there. Um, uh, John Chu, uh, who ended up, has since done the movie G.I. Joe, he got a movie. Josh Schwartz, who went on to go create the OC, he was a classmate of mine. Jamie Vanderbilt, who wrote White House Down and BASIC. He was a student. He had sold a script, he actually had sold BASIC when he was a, a student there. So every year, uh, if not a couple of times a year, there's always a handful of guys that were transitioning directly from the film school, either after graduation or while they were students. Um, into the film business as as a working professional. So it was exciting to be around that. And I felt like um, I had special insight into who those people were before um, the rest of the community, because these people were my friends and my classmates, and you always sort of can identify who the smart person is in your class. You always kind of know who the superstars are. Mm -hmm. So... um, we started a company myself and at the time three other people, but uh, quickly after we, we started it, it, technically became a three site. Um, <laughs> we said, we want to start a company that specifically targets young collegiate filmmakers and will be the conduit between film schools and the film business. And we went uh, not just to USC, but one uh, spring break we traveled to um, obviously UCLA and then went up to Stanford, UT Austin, Northwestern, Miami. Uh, NYU, all of the IVs, um, uh Michigan, and we did these presentations where we met the deans and all the students at the different film programs, and said, "This is what we're doing. This is what we're about. If you write a script and you're a college student, please um, give it to us first, and we'll make sure we 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 get it out to you know Warner Brothers or you know whatever production company or studio uh, that's appropriate." And um, uh, yeah, we did that for about nine years, and uh, it was sort of like being the ball boy on the Duke basketball team, and mm-hmm. like, hey, I know Christian Leitner, hey, I know Grant Hill, um, uh, Bobby Hurley, and and sort of being being in there early, and then signing them, and then you know representing them for the draft, or in this case, you know helping them sell their script.
0: I mean, it really does sound like that sort of legendary story of Steven Spielberg once wandering onto the Universal lot, <laughs> finding an office and, you know, basically taking it over. Um, it, you know, it, it, it definitely sounds like you, know, you guys had a lot of initiative. And I mean, that's it's pretty darn impressive to become, uh, you know, to where you guys are now, you know, individually, but also together, you know, to start from nothing. Literally. What's so no, great
1: about the film business. Yeah. And entertainment, it's, it's very entrepreneurial, and there are no rules, there are no boundaries. So for better or worse, you know, you, you, can, you can just raise your hand one day and say, hey, I'm going to be a manager. Hey, I'm going to be a producer. And obviously there's sometimes not the support system that there would be if you wanted to be a lawyer because you, you can go to law school or if you want to be a doctor, you can go to medical school. But film business, you can just decide, hey, one day I'm going to go and do it. And luckily we had the platform of USC – provide us with, you know, a great roster of filmmakers and a support system, and, and right. obviously the reputation of the film school was was, was extraordinary and still is. So right. um, it was it was a a combination of you know luck, timing, and preparation for us.
0: Right. Um, not that you're trolling the halls of uh, uh, USC for for clients at the moment, um, but what do you look for in new clients? What stands out in obviously other than a great spec script a great screenplay what stands out in um, a young writer that kind of makes you look at them seriously
1: I think it, it really boils down it's very simple you want a unique take on a universal theme um, mm-hmm. and that's sort of the, the kind of mantra that I always have in my head when I'm when I'm reading a script I want someone to um, you know be maybe exploring something that's familiar and relatable but doing it from a, a fresh perspective. Right. So you um, need unique, uh, unique take on a universal theme.
0: Cool. Um, now I know that, uh, you know, you also, in addition to being successful in the, the spec market, um, you do a lot of television work at Apostle. Um, yep. There's sort of been this news that Fox is abandoning the traditional pilot season. Um, how do you think the marketplace um, is going to change for TV writers? Um, Traditional pilots. Not that, again, with cable, obviously, pilot season has sort of been fragmented anyway, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: now with one of the big networks saying we're not doing pilot season anymore, how is that going to change the marketplace?
1: Um, the no pilot season, is, I mean, our company specifically does a lot more cable than mm-hmm. network, um, so it doesn't affect us quite as much. But um, I thought Kevin Riley was very sage when he said um you know usually takes certain shows a couple of episodes to kind of find their groove uh so why do the pilot and then judge it against that uh when we may you know miss that diamond in the rough you know the a famous example is seinfeld you know which started very slowly and and uh had very limited runs and uh uh um, I, th- I think did a small order and then went on hiatus and then came back and, and that was a show that really found its voice and you look at any pilot or you look at any TV series and it's really, um, it's not until maybe midway the first season or even the second season that it finds its groove. Uh, I went back recently and I was watching the pilot for Sex in the City mm-hmm. and they have a device in the pilot where all of the actresses, the, the four women, they all um, directly address the camera um, which is very peculiar when you watch it right. having seen the rest of the series. Right. And that was probably the case where Darren Starr was, you know, working out some kinks and, you know, thought it worked at the time and then didn't work. So I think Kevin Riley feels like he's going to and I can't totally speak for him, but outside looking in, it sounds like he wants to pick the shows that he believes them believes in and then really give them a chance to find their voice, so actually, I find that um, uh, in some cases, it could be very empowering for a lot of those people.
0: Right, right. Now, um, I wanted to stay in the TV realm for a second. Um, how would you recommend an aspiring TV writer sort of break into a writer's room?
1: Um, being a writer's assistant is no. is you know a fantastic idea. You literally have a front row seat, and um, shows have certain requirements to give um, X amount of episodes each season to um, to 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 uh, outside writers. So, and usually those go to the writers' assistants, and a lot of the people that are staffed on shows and even running shows, I would say probably 75% of them started as as writers' assistants. Um, Obviously, that's a great and there's and there's uh, there's div- great diversity programs. Um, uh, I think Fox has one for for young diverse writers. is a great way to break in. Right. Um, so uh, that and uh, then the sort of more untraditional means. But I, I think uh, that usually you know writers. assistant is sort of you know it's like the the mailroom of a, of, a, of a TV writers
0: right. Room what goes into consideration when you're going to decide to go wide with a spec? Like when is it ready? When is the writer ready? When is the market ready? When is this particular spec ready? What goes into consideration when you're going to go wide with a spec?
1: Um, well, it's a couple of things. Sometimes I'll go wide with a script, not so much because I feel like that's the best way to sell it. But if it's a new writer, this is someone that no one knows or maybe is reinventing themselves is, you know, a comedy writer and this is their action movie. I want to do it wide because I want this to be, um, you know, sort of reinvent, reintroducing them to the community. Or in the case of a young writer, you know, I want 40 people to go. The best best way to go get a lot of people to go read the same thing uh, in a compressed amount of time is let them know, hey, you know, 39 of your colleagues are also reading this. So if you don't read this right now, you're going to miss out on the boat. Right. So overnight, I can get an education of a writer to the community uh, by going out with the script. And then obviously the the, the, the hopeful byproduct of that is that we, we also sell it. Um, right. but sometimes if I want to go really wide, it's, it's, an int- it's sort of an introduction. Granted, there's exceptions for everything, and, 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 and every case is specific. But I feel the um, the way the marketplace is set up now, as far as selling a script, I don't think going wide is as effective as it once was. Mm-hmm. Um, when I when I first started in 1999, this was before you know people were readily on text and instant messaging, and, right. and obviously there was there was email, there was all those things, but it just wasn't as widely used, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of misinformation. And misinformation leads to confusion and chaos, and ultimately that leads people to making impulsive decisions. And we love that when we're trying to sell a spec. We thrive off that. That's how I've sold some of the biggest specs of my career Mm -hmm. is through impulsive um, decisions and Mm -hmm. people not having all the information and and being fearful that this person's uh, going to act more quickly than them when in fact that person is not even engaged. So um, back in the day, particularly when our market was more flush, there were more buyers, there were more producers with um, studio deals. There were just more mouths to feed. And so I could blast out a script to multiple people all at once and sort of let that confusion and that hysteria help drive the script. Now, because there are limited buyers, um, I think people are a little bit more thoughtful Um, I think studios uh, at times are in collusion with each other, Mm -hmm. and so you have to be a little bit more strategic and precise and surgical. So other than the example I used of I want to go introduce this writer to 40 people all at once to sort of launch them into their career, traditionally now I'll be more likely to package a script with an element or... Go to a small, limited amount of buyers. Um, I feel like the age of going to 40 people all at once in the hopes that you can kind of jam it through, I don't think that is as, as effective as it once was.
0: Right. Um, now, sending out a script and uh, introducing your writer client to 40, 50 different execs, producers, whoever, um, they get meetings. Now, what do you advise clients on their first meetings, you know, how to prepare for pitches and meetings and things like that? How do you advise new clients on what to expect and how to prepare for that kind of stuff?
1: They should obviously know the sort of company that they're going into, that let's say you're going into, if you're going to Happy Madison, Mm -hmm. you're not going to go pitch, you know, your your, your drama. You're going to go pitch a comedy. So you sort of prepare my client, this is the type of company, this is their their taste, this is where their home studio is, this is what the appetite is. So I make sure they're armed with let's say three or four ideas that are in that arena and then likewise I'll tell them, hey these are some of the open writing assignments or the open directing assignments at that production company. Have these in the back of your head so if and when they bring it up or you can mention it yourself, maybe you have a couple of ideas so you can kind of think on your feet. you know, if they were to bring it up to you, uh, I think these meetings are about connecting the dots. And uh, I'll try to tip them off also a little bit about who that executive is. If that person is maybe a huge football fan, go produ- You know, go maybe tease a football idea that you have, or um, you know, if uh, you know they're from you know. I'm just kind of using bad examples if they're from the Midwest. Maybe there's a great, you know, movie about the heartland that you want to pitch them. Right. Um, Because it's so subjective, these meetings are all about connecting, connecting with that executive and and creating a rapport and a dialogue and someone saying, hmm, I I really, I really understand this writer. I I feel like I could spend eight months with them, you know, writing a script. Right. You know, a lot of it's like a quality of life decision, I think, for, for certain executives. Sure. So I think it's it's helping the writer prepare how to connect with this particular executive, both personally and um, creatively.
0: Right. Great. Um, now, we do have a few listener questions. Sure. Um, now, the first one is says for television writers, what do you expect them to have in their portfolios, i.e. number of pilots, specs, features, etc.
1: It is important for them to have um, an original pilot uh, and also a sample of a show that is uh, presently on the air mm-hmm. um, that that person has probably seen before that um, shows that they can write within the form and, and can pick up quickly on the voices uh, of, of, those, um, of those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I, I've had writers who have who've also included... You know, plays, there's obviously a lot of playwrights. Um, You look at the first season of Newsroom, they hired a whole bunch of playwrights. Um, So plays are great, Um, even short stories. Um, But traditionally, an original pilot and um, a a spec episode of a show that's on the air. Great.
0: Um, Now here's another one. What do you look for when reading a query letter? Um, I just want to add to that, like how long do you like your query
1: letters to be? I mean,
0: or short, I should say, <laughs> do you like your query letters to be?
1: Truly, you know, short and sweet. Um, just really need a log line. And, you know, it's, it's we, we, we get tons of emails that are work related. We get tons of emails that are spam, that are personal. So, but you have for that split second someone's undivided attention. So you want to really be to the point. I don't think you need to introduce yourself. There's a great story. Um, uh, man, what's his name? I'm forgetting. Uh, the principal of the company, Circle of Confusion, uh, discovered the Wachowski brothers mm-hmm. off of a query letter. The guys who went on to go create uh, The Matrix and and Cloud right. Atlas and, and so forth. And he just found those guys off of a query letter. So you really never know where you're going to find someone. And um, he, I think they have a policy now. Um, Lawrence Mattis is his name. Right. They have a policy now that this company circle of confusion they, they will always look at every single query letter which comes in and I try to do the same thing myself mm-hmm. so if you happen to you know reach out to me over email or, or write a letter to me uh, we all look albeit briefly at every email that comes in or every letter I'll open up every envelope um, I think just, just short and sweet and if I think not only is the idea good but the um, the uh, the way the law the way the log line is written. I can tell this person is articulate and has a good handle on, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the lexicon um, will, uh, will, will inspire me to then reach out to them. Right. Short and sweet.
0: Yeah. Um, now, here's one I sort of had to, it was sort of a complicated question. Uh, no. so I sort of had to interpret. Would it be better for a writer to submit a screenplay that placed in a writing, screenwriting competition? but did feature a Native American lead and therefore sort of potentially less commercial or submit a different screenplay that was theoretically more commercial but has not received any accolades of yet?
1: I don't really care too much about writing contests. A, I think there is um, an overabundance of them, so sometimes their impact is diluted, short of Nichols' great exposure. um, There's a few others. That That draw my attention, but again, if you front load your your letter with, "Hey, I won this contest and that contest and this contest uh, it's gonna just take me longer to get your log line and and I feel like you're gonna be overcompensating right. uh for your idea so um sort of getting to back to that writer's question um i I would write what you're passionate about right what what you know you feel like you know, you're going to write the best. So if you want to go write a small Native American movie, but you know you're going to execute that, you know, uh, to the best of your ability, go write that. Mm-hmm. Because if you're trying to fake it and trying to write to the marketplace, you're um, you're uh, you're going to miss the mark because you're not being true to your voice and what you're passionate about.
0: Right, right, right. Um, now, we're sort of starting to run out of time here. So we have a section that we call rapid fire. It's just some quick questions um, that I'm going to fire right at you. Um, Sure. uh, You're from New Jersey, right?
1: Yes. Bruce
0: Springsteen or Bon Jovi? Uh,
1: Bruce Springsteen.
0: Um, George Harrison of the Beatles or Legend of Funk, George Clinton?
1: Uh, George
0: Clinton. Um, Writer, Bruno Heller, Joseph Heller, or Lucas Heller?
1: Um, uh, Joseph Heller, Catch-22. Nice,
0: nice. Um, your favorite USC Heisman winner?
1: Um, Reggie Bush. Okay. Uh, this did year's Best I, Picture. I What's that?
0: This year's Best Picture.
1: Uh, you know what? I'm going to tell you my favorite movie of the year. Does it have to be nominated?
0: Um, no, it can be anything you want. No.
1: Uh, Short Term 12, I thought it was the Best Picture of the Year.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, and in honor of the Olympics coming up uh, favorite winter Olympic event
1: um, I would say the half pipe okay cool no no. Uh,
0: well that's all the time we have for now I appreciate you for joining me today George great
1: thank you so much I appreciate it
0: you can follow George on Twitter at Heller and please visit our website at scriptsinscribes.com for more information on all of our guests archived podcasts and lots of other great written interviews and information on writing and if you have questions about the craft or business of writing, you can send us an email to ask at scriptinscribe.com or send us a tweet to at scriptscribe. There's no and in the middle there, just at scriptscribe. Thanks for listening.